today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A report that we came across the other day, which I think actually verifies what a lot of us already knew, uh, especially here in this country, a report released yesterday said there is still a huge gender pay gap within Canadian medicine between uh, women doctors and men doctors. Uh, to give us some perspective on this, uh, I, there's a couple of things I want to do, and some folks I want to talk to about this to give us some. Rob Westgate's got a report about it. Uh, let's uh, show you that, and then we'll come back to our discussion. According to an article published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, female doctors are also underrepresented in top-earning medical specialties. Using publicly available data, the study's authors found that females account for less than 35% of doctors in the 10 specialties with the highest incomes, including radiology, ophthalmology, and cardiology. The article notes that there's also some research indicating that as the proportion of women in a specialty grows, its relative income declines giving rise to a pink-collar tier of medicine. Rob Westgate, the Canadian Press. Joining us for the discussion is Dr. Tara Kieran, who is a family physician and clinician investigator at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. I'm glad you could join us today. Thanks for having me. I, I, you know, I'd like to think that this was going to be a more, uh, you know, enlightening and a, a story with better outcomes. I mean, there was a time not too many generations ago that that if if a, a woman wanted to get into medicine, she was told to be a nurse. So I, 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 I'm glad we've crossed that barrier. At least I think we have. But why the pay gap that still exists for doing the same work that that, that your male counterparts are doing? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. There was a time 200 years ago where men, where women were actually not allowed to enter medicine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, um, when we looked at the, the evidence more closely, I think uh, that kind of sexism and discrimination that was really part of the way the profession grew up is still there in the legacies of our institutions. And it's probably the core reason um, why... Uh, women are paid less. I mean, one thing that I, I do want to note is I think a common misconception is that women earn less because they work less or maybe they work less efficiently. And that's definitely not the case. Um, so we we looked at the data and it turns out that, yeah, women work slightly fewer hours per week than men. But the difference in number of hours worked per week in no way um, accounted for the large magnitude in the gender pay gap. There have been a couple of studies done this, probably more than a couple, but a couple that I've seen anyway. Uh, the Federation of Canadian Women of Canada say Canada's primary pay, pay gap is somewhere between 20 to 26 percent uh, less than than male counterparts. Now, Rob Westgate's uh, report, as you heard, Doctor, also talked about uh, the, the the lack of, of female doctors in some of the, the, well, let's say, you know, some of the specialties, uh, orthopedics, uh, a number of different things, radiology and places like that. Uh, why is that happening? It's not as if they're not qualified. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, you know, we found uh, that the pay gap exists between specialties and also within specialties. And so when we look at between specialties, you're absolutely right that um, uh, specialties like radiology, ophthalmology, cardiology, they're higher paying and they have lower proportion of women. And, you know, there's probably complex reasons, but one of the reasons um, th- that we talk about in the article is the presence of something called the hidden curriculum in medical school. So that's where supervisors or professors, um, people senior to medical students who are, who are mentoring them, um, sometimes give them subtle and sometimes overt messaging that they should go into certain specialties because these specialties are more family friendly, for example. But the specialties that they suggest women go into are also lower paying. 
Um, so one of the things that we, you know, talk about in our article is that we need to start to address this hidden curriculum. Um, we need to um, root it out from our medical schools and uh, ensure that uh, when we're providing that kind of guidance to new trainees, um, that we're not putting them in certain directions that are ultimately going to affect their pay. Is that bias uh, in those institutions, is it institutional or is it just within certain individuals within those institutions? You know, it's. Um, I think it's both. Um, I think there are ways in which we teach medicine, um, the role modeling that we provide. Those are, I would say, systemic Um uh, and then I think within in, within individuals, of course, there's individuals who act, and we need to um, uh, make people aware of their unconscious bias. So another solution we suggest is, you know, anti-oppression training for for folks um, in faculties of medicine, but also in government and leader other lead types of leadership roles. Um, you know, I, I think another kind of reason why perhaps some of these. Uh, Specialties, you know, with higher proportions of men are also higher paying relates to who's on our negotiating committee and then as a result, who, um, what types of work are valued. So one of the other things we talk about in the article is that um, in general, the fee schedule values procedures um, more than uh, the type of work that where you're spending more time, let's say, counseling a person. Um, and we know that more women are more likely to do that kind of emotional labor or work of counseling people, which I think we all understand is so important um, in today's world, yet it's relatively undervalued in the in the fee schedule. And so it does also relate to kind of how we negotiate and who is doing that negotiation. Yeah, that's one of the, the inefficiencies, I guess, of the system, isn't it? I mean, uh, basically, as a physician, you're paid by the number of bodies that you're looking after, not not how much time you spend with each one, depend, not regardless of how much time is needed for that individual. Absolutely. So the fee-for-service system um, does pay us um, by the visit. And in some ways, I think people often think, well, because it's fee-for-service and you're paid by the visit, shouldn't that be fair? Like, how can you possibly have a gender pay gap when the fee codes you're using are the same? But I want to put out another example, um, actually, and this one's from surgery, and I think it's one of the starkest examples of systemic bias. So our, our colleagues, um, Nancy Baxter and Fahima Zosa, they did a study um, uh, looking at the pay gap in surgery, and they found that overall women surgeons earned less than men surgeons um, per hour. So they earned less per hour. And uh, the reason wasn't because they were less efficient. So they were actually spending the same or similar amount of time per procedure. But rather, the procedures that women were doing were less lucrative. And the reason, partly, that they were less lucrative is because women were more likely to operate on other women, and procedures for women pay less than procedures for men. And so when we look carefully at the fee schedule, we found, for example, that you know if you're doing a biopsy on a male body part, you're often getting paid twice as much as you are um, for doing a biopsy on a female body part. Um, so there, there are a couple of examples like that that we put in the paper that I think really point to the real systemic ingrained bias that we have um, that's, you know, even affecting the way that we value work in the fee schedule. Okay, I think I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. And who com- comprises the, the boards who set those fee schedules? <laughs> so unfortunately, the, you know, the negotiating teams have predominantly been men in the past. Ah, <laughs> Exactly. Let so, me connect you know, the dots here. It is here, one of the I things could. that we need to we need to change. 
I'm not suggesting that all male doctors are misogynist. I don't, not at all. But this this follows right in line with what we've heard, uh, you know, about about uh, boards of directors, etc. You know that there's. I'd hate to use the trite phrase "glass ceiling," but there seems to be one. Uh, that even though you're in the profession, even though you're doing the same work, uh, the difference in, in incomes is, is ridiculous. And it's a, we've heard the same thing. I mean, I've, I've talked to female lawyers who were discouraged, actually, in law school from, from practicing in certain uh, venues of law because they thought, well, that's, that's not what women do. I mean, it's, it's crass to think that people still have that mindset, but they do. Yeah, you're right. And, um, you know, I think just going back to your point about the lack of the, the glass ceiling and, I think the other thing we talk about in our paper is the, you know, dearth of women in leadership roles in medicine and how that can kind of be a self, um, a self-fulfilling prophecy where you've got women, um, fewer women in leadership roles. So you've got more men in leadership roles. Those men benefit from the income. But the men also perpetuate these policies and informal support networks that recruit, retain, and promote other men at higher rates than women. And so you've kind of got this vicious cycle going on. Um, uh, at the same time, you know, you've got these, uh, a, a different kind of vicious cycle where you've got women who are more likely to have imposter syndrome um, and have lower starting salary expectations than men. But one of the reasons they have low starting salary expectations is because their actual starting salaries are often lower. So they're, you know, they're, they're being anchored in um, the discrimination that they see around them. Uh, I, I got to believe it here. There's so much more I want to discuss with you. This is a, such a complex subject and such a necessary discussion. But uh, we're just about out of time on this segment, Doctor. Thank you so much for the, for taking the time. I'd, I'd love to touch base with you again a little bit down the road, and we can pick up this discussion again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Great talking with you. Uh, Dr. Tara, Tara Kieran, of course, who is uh, at uh, St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto, talking about the, uh, the gender wage gap, which is uh, in existence and is a reality in the medical profession. Still, doctors and doctors getting different salaries depending on their gender. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.